The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. legitimately forgot what day it was going into today's podcast but who cares it's fantasy nba today it's a weekday that's all that really matters which means you got a show or i got a show i gotta do a show you guys get to listen to one i know what a privilege hello good morning it's thursday i figured it out took me a minute but i figured it out i'm dan Basperis. this is a hoop ball presentation you guys likely know that by now And you probably also know what's on tap for today. Generally, a Wednesday recap, a Thursday preview, and a little something special today. We've got a chat with our buddy Josh Millman on the Fantasy Facepalm, one of my favorite fantasy articles to hit the, I guess it's not the airwaves, it's a a paper waves, e-paper waves that Josh puts together. We do it every couple of months, something like that. Oh, it's, it's fantastic. You guys know I get... I get such a damn tickle out of talking to my buddy Josh. So that'll be coming up here in a little bit. I want to do the Wednesday recap first because I know you diehards will rip my head off if we don't get into the actual nuts and bolts of these things. You can follow me on Twitter at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S, or just Google search Dan from Hoopball. I keep yelling at you this week, join Twitter. Do it. Do it. Now at least five or six of you had actually have actually sought me out to say, Dan, thank you for making me join Twitter. You say that now, a year from today, I can almost promise you're going to be like, Dan, I hate you for making me join Twitter. But guess what? Again, if you can really narrow your focus just to the basketball stuff, it's an extremely useful tool. So go to Twitter, make an account, use your little egg profile picture, whatever the hell you got there. Follow me at Dan Bespers. Follow at Hoopball Fantasy for your fantasy blurb feed. And then check out some of the people that I am personally following. And and I believe you'll you'll be able to find quite a few that you really like. Team beat writers, team accounts, blogs, things of that nature that really keep tabs on these clubs. And you'll get the news before the people in your leagues do. It's an advantage. If I told you there was a starting lineup switch happening, wouldn't you want to know that before everyone else in the league knew about it? Of course you would. Anyway, I'll stop berating you guys about that. We've got a Team Pod recruiting pitch. That's coming up in the middle of the podcast as well. I will be begging of you to visit our sponsors and do some other uh, free stuff for the pod. That'll be towards the end of the show. But right now, let's dive into a Wednesday recap. And it was a pretty big day, too. Ten games last night. Philly in Charlotte. This one uh, landed right on the number. Philly won by seven. That was a seven-point spread. Joel Embiid, damn MVP level right now. There's uh, there's no way around that. He is currently number five on a per-game basis in nine-category leagues. I think he's actually better than that by totals. Doesn't matter. Either way, he's been incredible. 29 points, 11 rebounds. 1.3 1.3 steals, 1.3 blocks. Field goal percent is at 55 this year because Doc Rivers has told him, stop shooting threes, get your ass near the bucket, and just go dominate people. And his free throw percent is way up. And he's taking 11 a game, and there's no one close in that department. In terms of actual positive impact, Damian Lillard is still king. James Harden, not king right now, largely because he's not 
being forced to do as much on offense with his new team. He's still number 11, thanks to the assists, but we're getting sidetracked here. Uh, if you have Joel Embiid, you probably want to see if you can move him for somebody within, I don't know, three or four slots, maybe behind him right now. Convince your the team you're trading with that you're trading down and just call it a draft day profit because you most likely took Embiid at like 15 or 16. And if you can trade him for someone like a Dame or a Harden or a Beal even, who, by the way, Joel, playing better than those guys right now. He's been more valuable to your fantasy team. I just don't believe that his body can take the full year. I don't. And if it does, you know, whatever. It's not like you traded him for a bag of peanuts. This is your chance before he has to miss three or four games in a row. Seth Curry is a hold, by the way. I know he's been horrible lately. And I I hope, honestly, I hope that it doesn't have anything to do with his time missed for COVID. Because he hasn't, I don't know, and, and maybe I'm making too much of that side of things. It's quite conceivable that I am, but it just doesn't feel like he's been quite the same guy since coming back. He came back on January the 22nd, make sure I'm getting that date right, and he's had a couple of okay games in there. But that's really it. Like, a couple of okay isn't going to get it done. Look at Seth Curry's game log this year. Look at how he started the season versus how he's been since his return. His last game was on January 6th against the Wizards. This is pre-COVID. He had 28 points, 5 boards, 3 assists, 6 three-pointers in that game. And since then, he hasn't hit more than 3 in any of his games. And the only time he did that was his first game back when he seemingly was rolling on adrenaline. And uh, since then, he has games where he shot 20%, 17%, 33-0 yesterday. I'm going to call him a buy low because before COVID, he was rocking along at about a top 60 clip. He's now in the 85 range, I think, as he's peeling back here. Has not been good over the last couple of weeks. How long has he been back? About two weeks outside the top 200 over that stretch. Not shooting the ball well, not getting as many opportunities. It'll come back around for him. I just don't know when. Because I don't know the lingering effects of this stuff. He doesn't have his wind. Still, it doesn't look like. So if you can get him for, I don't know what, honestly. Like, look at some of the guys on your team. Maybe a, a, a blindingly hot free agent type. Maybe you can get him for like a Tim Hardaway Jr. Who's just been sort of quietly plodding along. Similar to Seth Curry in stats, but just not, the percentages are way below. Just take a small upgrade there if you can get it. Because I do think he's coming back around. Again, I just have no idea when. On the Charlotte side, no P.J. Washington and no Terry Rozier. So LaMelo Ball got another start, looked really good. Again, six turnovers, but you know, you're going to live with that stuff because otherwise he, he looks amazing for a rookie, uh, for anybody really. Miles Bridges slotted in there for Washington and had a pretty good ball game. He could be a streamer here in the short term. P.J. was not in a walking boot yesterday, by the way. That was one of the reports out of the those watching the sideline. So presumably he's only a week or two out. Uh, and Rozier is day-to-day, so this whole thing could detonate whatever you have happening right now. Cody Zeller played 31 minutes. They needed every one of them against Joel Embiid. Not that he could slow him down, but it would have been even worse if they threw 
uh, Bismack in there longer or if PJ was healthy and he was playing center. Still, with Zeller, he's looking good these days. So, I, you know, as we've said before, you can kind of ride it, but you know how this story is going to end. We do. Malik Monk played 28 minutes off the bench at 13 points. He is only in consideration in points leagues and probably won't be that when Charlotte gets healthy again. Indiana blown out by the Milwaukee Bucks. Justin Holiday, Demonis Sabonis survived the onslaught, as did the guy I want to highlight on today's show, who we talked about briefly earlier this week, and that's TJ McConnell, who suddenly is getting 26 minutes of ballgame for this team. Here's an interesting note, and, and it's why TJ might kind of get caught up in the wash in your league. Over the last two weeks, he's outside the top 125. Six points, not great. Eight assists, very good. Almost two steals, quite good. Three and a half rebounds, half a block, 50% from the field. All that stuff sounds really good. But, but, he's missing all of his free throws. Kind of uh, conspicuously so, although he doesn't take many. He is one for five over his last two weeks, which unfortunately does drive his value down. It's having a uh, needlessly large impact on what has otherwise been actually a pretty good stretch for McConnell. Over the last month, he's actually number 101. Despite that same free throw issue, you just stretch it into a longer period of time and becomes less of an issue because he just there's more games where he just isn't taking free throws in there. TJ McConnell is a must-start player right now. Because uh, he's playing 26, 27 minutes a game. He will rack up assists and steals in those numbers. He's not going to score. He's not going to shoot the three ball. But those are hard stats to come by. And there's a guy right now that's just chewing him up. And, I, you know, this probably won't last forever. At some point, Karis LeVert and or TJ Warren will resurface. But right now, he's locked in and they like what he's doing. They like moving Brogdon off ball a little bit. They like T.J. McConnell running their offense and then just hustling like a lunatic on the other side of the court. So, yeah, get him in and uh, just know that he's not going to score. Miles Turner finally had a rough ball game. Luckily, his season's been so damn good it doesn't matter. Uh, Miles still number nine overall this season, so I think we're okay with that. On the other side, Bobby Portis... Making hay in 17 minutes again. Nobody cashes in harder in blowouts than Bobby Porter. Portis. <laughs> talking about it here. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they, they beat the hell out of him. Giannis was very good. He did more than enough in only 30 minutes. I don't know why he even needed to play 30 minutes in that ballgame. Dante DiVincenzo has been struggling lately, but at 16-4-3 with a block in this one, so hopefully that's the start of him kind of getting things pointed back in the right direction. Dallas beat Atlanta. Snapping their seven-game losing streak. Lucas 27, 8, and 14. Big ball game there. Chris Dops 24 and 11. Still hasn't really gotten himself into full game shape yet. Although it's going to be hard to buy after a game like this one. Josh Richardson at 14 and 6. Two steals and two blocks. That's a couple good ones in a row for Richardson, who I did call a drop a few weeks back, and he's pushed himself back to the very edge. He's number 136 now in uh, nine category rankings. And honestly, I don't know that he moves much beyond that. These last two games 
have kind of floated his value a little bit, thanks mostly to defensive stats. If you look at what he was doing early this season, he was hovering right on the edge, then missed a ton of time, uh, now is back. And I called him a drop, and it was probably a little bit premature. I think I was just frustrated with that he's not the Josh Richardson of days gone by. He's probably going to do enough to hang out near the edges of rosters. He's probably going to get you about one steal and half a block a ball game, close to two three-pointers, probably a little bit underneath that. But as they get healthy, I don't know how he is the guy that like surges out in front of other dudes unless some some magical way his defensive stats come roaring back, and I just... I don't know. I don't see that happening. If he's on a waiver wire, you can pick him up and see what happens. I don't think it's going to be a difference maker either way. The guy I do want to look at a little bit harder here is Maxi Kleba. Now, I know Dwight Powell was not in for this ballgame, which, you know, again, with the Mavs, you, you always have to look to see who's in and who's out and whether or not Powell is a healthy scratch or what's going on with him here. Uh... But Kleba has a really interesting fantasy stat set, and it does seem like, in general, the Mavs are better when he plays goodly minutes, provided it's not because one of the starters is out. He's been extraordinarily inconsistent so far this year, and obviously missed like three weeks of playing time with COVID, so there's that to reconcile. But if you look at the games where he's gotten up into that 27 or more minute range, uh, opening night... Didn't translate all that well. He did it two three-pointers, but otherwise it wasn't a particularly interesting evening. He had another 27-minute performance against Miami on January the 1st. Only had five points, but a steal, a block, and a three-pointer, so the 1-1-1 is interesting. Played 28 and a half minutes the next day. Had 16-5-1 and one with three threes on five out of eight shooting. Second, uh, the penultimate game before he left with COVID, he had nine and eight with two blocks and three three-pointers. That was in Denver. And a big win for the Mavs. That was back when they remembered how to win ball games. And then yesterday, eight points, five boards, three assists, two threes, two blocks. That's the stuff you're looking for. You're looking for kind of a poor man's Brook Lopez. He's a, he's actually a better rebound grabber than Brook, who tends to just like to box out. And it's, I mean, that's good for Milwaukee. That's what they need him to do. But Kleba blocks shots like Lopez, not quite the same clip. Again, rebounds a tiny bit faster. Then Brooke, probably a slightly better field goal percent in general. I don't think he's going to take as many of his shots from outside, but it's always going to be in the mid-40s. He's not going to rise up because a lot of his shots are threes. The reason I spend so much time on Kleba is just because his stat set leads to value quickly. He's probably not super heavily rostered in your league. He's only 11% rostered in Yahoo leagues overall. And there are obvious limitations to his fantasy game. But to me, he's a guy that has to be on your radar, even as a speculative ad, because when he gets up near 30 minutes, his fantasy value is undeniable. Mavs did a smart thing yesterday. They doubled Trey Young basically anytime he ran a pick and roll. They just ran at him and got the ball out of his hands. It's why his numbers were down in yesterday's game. And they said, all right, can the rest of you guys beat us? John Collins did his best opportunity to do so because he was open a lot, 35 and 12. That's what happens when you double-team Trey Young 35 feet from the hoop. Someone's open. Kevin Herter had 21 points, 10 assists, because he ended up being one of the premier ball movers on that team. But they couldn't really get into their offense the way they wanted to, and it allowed the Mavs to take them out of it. 
a little bit. Honestly, I'm I'm floored this game went over the total. Uh, they started racking up puntos late. Uh, total was 224, so it went over by quite a bit. Uh, but given the way that the Mavs were attacking Atlanta, I think their hope was to kind of slow them down, make them take a little longer in their offense, and then ultimately it just left guys open. Clint Capella, 10-13 and 13, with five defensive stats. He's a top 30 guy these days. The main guy to highlight here is Danilo Gallinari, who did finally hit 21 minutes in yesterday's ballgame. Still doesn't quite have his stroke back. He shot 36% in this ballgame. That's 4 for 11 overall. But he is absolutely getting there. That's the key point here. They're kid-gloving him as they bring his minutes along. But 19-2-2 two two with a block, two three-pointers, and a perfect 9-for-9 nine nine at the free-throw line is just a glimpse of what he can do when the minutes are available. He's always been a high-volume, free-throw, big-time impact dude. I mean, look at what he did. I know that he might not get up to 30 minutes this year, the way that he has in pretty much his entire career to this point. But 16 and a half minutes is not going to stick. That's where he's at right now. You can see the trend line of Gallo coming back from this long absence has basically been... I don't know why he played 19 minutes in that game against Milwaukee, but it's basically been like 14, 14, 14, 18, 19, 21. There was a back-to-back in there that actually seemed to drive the number back down a little bit. So if, if the 21 here, you know, if the next one is 22 or 23, and if the one after that is 23 or 24, you're really like two games away from Gallo having fantasy value. And the best example that we can compare this to is he did average 24 minutes a game with Denver six years ago, and averaged 12.5 points, four boards, almost a steal, two three-pointers, and that was back uh, when he wasn't getting the free-throw line as often. So all of that stuff is on the way up for him, and Gallo should be an easy top 100 within the next two games, and we know enough about his numbers over the last three or four years to say, look, anything over 23 or 24 minutes, he just moves like a half a round up with every minute. Maybe more than that. Because you can jump so far when you're out near the edge of the top 100, 110 range. If he gets up to 26, 27 minutes, you're talking about a top 75 guy. You're talking about a guy that might get four to five free throws a game and hit 90% of them. It's a long time I just spent talking about Gallo, and we have a lot left to cover. So let's move a little quicker. And luckily, this game we can. Houston blown out in Oklahoma City. Uh, had the thunder in this one. Feel smart about that. Darius Baisley had a big ball game, which shouldn't be unexpected given Lou Dort actually left this one in the first quarter with knee soreness. So they were down Dort, Hill, and Shea. Three starters down. So big Al Horford had to help keep the train on the tracks. And he did so with the assistance of Hamadou Diallo, who had 16-9 with three steals. He'll be good here in a fill-in role. Darius Baisley should be solid in a fill-in role. I know his percentages are terrible, but with everybody else hurt, he'll be given enough usage to sort of overcome those issues. Where, yeah, it sucks that he's going to shoot like 42% from the field and he made all four of his free throws, but that's a relative, that's a thing that hurts him in general also. But if you get out there and you're going to give him a crap ton of volume, you can overwhelm the percentage issues with more points, more rebounds, more threes, more assists, all that good stuff uh, ends up 
with a larger impact than the percentages. So he's in he's in play for a nice short-term burst here uh, until we know more about how long Shea and Dort are out. Theo Maladone is also kind of in play for a serious streaming run, we should point out, because prior to Dort going out, Maladone was already kind of right on the cusp of being streamable, and now that everybody's hurt on this team, you kind of might as well. You're in might-as-well territory for almost all of the starters. Although, uh, Diallo is a little scary. His free-throw shooting is not good. Uh, He's kind of running the point for that team, or he did with the second unit. If he's getting 30-some-odd minutes, you sort of have to play him, right? That's, again, that same deal where there's just so much available to him that you, you take the good with the bad. But there are there is going to be some bad with the good, and let's hope that this team gets healthy again sooner than later. But Baisley, Maladone, Diallo, they're all in play. Even Kenny Hustle's in play if he move or moves into the starting lineup for you. Although it seems like maybe Justin Jackson's the guy who jumps in for Dort. Uh, I, w- I don't think I'd go that far. But Baisley, Maladone, Diallo, these guys are all streamers right now until we get word of anybody coming back. Knicks beat Chicago. This was our big play yesterday, so I feel good about that one. Julius Randle looked great. Alfred Payton, a sighting. An Alfred Payton sighting. That was unusual. Don't care. All that it does is ruin Emmanuel quickly for another day or two. Uh, so, again, this is this is the fear because Payton's a better defender, and heaven forbid he has a game where he plays somewhat well on offense, or quite well, as he did in this one, then Quickly's just not going to have an opportunity to get his minutes. That's what happens when you come off the bench. The starter gets first crack at looking good. Meaning, Peyton has to shoot himself in the foot for Quickly to get his opportunity. The other way around, I mean, Quickly could have ended up having the best game of his career, but you wouldn't know it until nine minutes into the first quarter. Right? That, that ultimately hurts you, and it's why we also ultimately want them to switch there's a lot actually going on with this Knicks team here. Uh, Mitchell Robinson played 28 minutes. Nerlens Noel now seems to be uh, locked more into that 18 to 20 minute range, which is great. That means both of those guys are going to have sustainable fantasy value, so get them on your rosters. Not that Robinson wasn't. Also, Alec Burks and Reggie Bullock seem to be splitting minutes right now, which is a pain in the butt because Burks looked like the guy at the beginning of the year, and now, you know, Tibbs, he's got Bullock there, who's a bit more, I guess, of a floor spacer. He's a bigger dude. A little bit, little bit better defensively, and so that always comes into play on Tom Thibodeau teams. I'm not punting on Alec Burks. I know he hasn't been good since coming back from that ankle injury. He had a couple of games in there where he was better. He's fallen outside the top 100 now with this very inconsistent stretch. Yesterday's game feels like a bit more of the outlier to me than the norm. You look at his minutes, and they've been more in that 25-ish range as opposed to 19. And when he gets into the mid-20s in minutes, he's actually been doing enough. Not great, not overwhelming anybody, but enough. And if you're like, well, last two weeks he's playing 25 minutes, he's outside the top 175. Yeah, he's also shooting 36% from the field and 71% at the free throw line. Career numbers there, 42 and 80. Better than 80 recently, by the way. This is someone who wasn't the world's best free throw shooter first five or six years of his career. He's been much closer to 83, 84 or higher over the last five or six years. Field goal percent has kind of always been in the low 40s, though. So stick with it a little bit longer. Don't punt yet. There's still a ways to go, and things change nightly. 
And in this one, the starters happened to be doing a lot better than the reserves. Meanwhile, on the Chicago side, the Thad Young experience just keeps rolling. 19 points, four boards, only two assists in this one. Five steals and a block. I, I legitimately have no idea what I'm watching right now. I did not think we'd ever see Thad Young as a fantasy asset again, but he's actually been one of the best fantasy players in the NBA over the last couple of weeks. Last two weeks, he's a top 55 guy. That's by totals. I think they had a game canceled in there. By averages, he's almost the same exact spot. That's nuts. 12, 7, and 6. Two steals over that stretch. And that's, by the way, with him missing all of his free throws. Heaven forbid he actually drops a free throw in. And the rest of his numbers are uh, top 30 level stuff. But kind of punt free throw right now. I know he's not good at the foul line, but this is pretty weird even for him. Otherwise, pretty predictable stuff. Uh, no Otto Porter, who unfortunately is a drop. There, He's just not healthy, and that's unfor- it's a pain because he looked great a couple of games when they ran him big minutes, but his body just can't take it. I don't know that it ever will be able to take it again. His back problems, hip problems, foot problems, the whole thing, it's, uh, it's a mess. You can move on. Very sad. I am very sad, but you can move on. There was so much upside there, he just he's not healthy. Clippers and Cavs actually had a competitive ball game until midway through the third quarter, and then it just got ugly. Ivica Zubats is the guy to note on the Clippers' side. He played 28 minutes in this ball game, which I believe, without looking, is a season high, and he's been trending up lately. There's not a great deal of upside with Zoo, just because... He's never going to be a high-usage big man. But over the last two weeks, he's at 21 minutes a game, and he's number 107. Good percentages, 8 points, 8.5 rebounds, 1 block. I could actually see that 1 block being more like 1.2 or 1.3. But he's now kind of officially a late-round big man, and I think you should probably put him on a roster. Maybe not a points league team, but 9 category? Absolutely. He is... I call him must-add. I don't know if he's must-start, but he's definitely must-add right now. And it does seem like his run, if you're in a games cap format, you can probably budget him against slower teams with bigger centers. Certainly when you go up against a guy like an Andre Drummond. Boston's going to be a weird one because you got Tristan Thompson out there, Daniel Tice, Time Lord. That's their next ball game, by the way. They play the Celtics tomorrow uh, back in L.A., Clippers home off their six-game road trip. They went four and two. Not bad, I guess. Losses in Atlanta when everybody was out with COVID and then in Brooklyn. So basically four and one when they had their guys there. Yeah, I mean, I, I like Zoo right now. He's uh, he's a must-add. He's number 83 by totals this year. Very durable. And so that plotter type, really useful in unlimited games formats. That's actually great because he's just you get stuff from him every game. No, it does not make Serge Ibaka a drop. Those numbers will flip-flop most nights, but Zoo was just better in this one. And it's cool that on nights when he's better, he's actually going to get to see the minutes because that didn't happen under Doc Rivers. Cavs got a big one out of Colin Sexton. Pretty good one out of Jared Allen. Drummond was bad. Andre Drummond has been a huge disappointment this year. I am thrilled that I didn't take him anywhere. And the big reason why is his field goal percent. 46 does not take three-pointers and still cannot put the ball through the damn hoop. He just tries to do way too much on his own. 
It shouldn't be that way. He shouldn't be making foolish post moves. He should be catching lobs and rolling. Darius Garland, uh, Jared Allen, Colin Sexton, Andre Drummond, all those guys do belong on fantasy teams, as do Larry Nance when he comes back, and Kevin Love whenever the hell that happens. Sounds like he's now progressed to some kind of basketball activity, and at least that's something. Washington beat Miami on the road. This was the game I thought we were going to get out of the Wizards the previous night, but certainly they remain slightly better without Russell Westbrook right now. And I continue to say, keep an eye on Denny Avdia. If they ever clear out a runway for him, which they did by having Westbrook out in this ballgame, 33 minutes and a well-rounded line. Not great. Not terrible. But rounded. The way that not most of the guys on this team can claim. Davis Bertans had a better ball game. He's going to slowly come around. Alex Len won the center battle, but you're not picking up any of those guys because uh, Len is not good. Uh, he made his free throws, but generally that doesn't happen. Robin Lopez is not good, and then uh, no Mo Wagner in this game, so that opened up a few extra minutes for Alex Len. Miami side, uh, Kelly Olynyk seems to be back in good graces. He's an ad, and another kind of not a massive upside center, but eight points, 11 boards, two threes, a steal, and a block, just does that across-the-board stuff, and he's going to be a guy that bounces on and off of rosters probably throughout the year. Still, you know, the fact that he remains the starter there, I don't know that that's changing anytime soon. He's another guy that belongs on rosters. He's number 119 right now while shooting 41% from the field, 77% at the free throw line. He's a career 77%er, so that's right on the money, but he's a career 47.5% field goal guy. So adjust that number up, and he's inside the top 100 without doing anything else different. Plus, it also adds to uh, his scoring. Because if he's still taking eight and a half shots a game and making 46 or 7% of those instead of 41, his 9.6 points become something over 10. So yeah, easy path into the top 100 for Kelly Olenek. Way under-rostered right now, given that he has not lost his job as the starting power forward on that Heat team. People are talking about dropping Duncan Robinson. I don't think I'm on board with that. His, his shooting is not quite the same this year, but he's a guy that's just going to sort of quietly plod along with three-plus three-pointers a night, and by the end of the year, a lot of guys are going to fall behind him, and he's going to compile threes in a way that helps fantasy teams. So I, I don't think I'm dropping him. Uh, Tyler Hero is a guy who might end up getting moved this year, but his fantasy game leaves quite a bit to be desired. The recap here taking a bit longer than expected. Malik Beasley had a good one for the Timberwolves who let this one get away. Anthony Edwards is the guy we've been sort of semi-tracking. Nas Reed is the guy who will definitely lose his gig when Carl Anthony Towns comes back. Uh, Edwards, 14-6, two, a block, and a three-pointer. You know, I, again, he belongs on rosters right now. I don't know that you necessarily have to start him every night, but the role is slowly increasing. For the Spurs, pretty predictable lot. Uh, other than Keldon Johnson having a clunker, he'll be fine his next time out. Derek White ramping up slowly. DeJounte Murray looked good. Jakob Pertle filling in for LaMarcus Aldridge had a big ball game, and that'll be the way that always goes. So if Aldridge ever gets moved, Pertle is your immediate and don't stop even to for a red light fantasy grab. But in the meantime, he's a streamer. He's a good one. Phoenix in New Orleans, kind of a trap spot. Suns just didn't have it. You can throw this one out. 
Uh, Pelicans, you can sort of throw this one out. Uh, a couple of little notes. Nikhil Alexander-Walker did have three steals, but still needs someone moved out of his way. Otherwise, uh, kind of the same old stuff for this team. Steven Adams back, by the way, from his sore calf. So the Willie Hernan Gomez experience ended before it began. And finally, Boston in Sacramento on the back-to-back. Boston was tired in this game. Kind of ran out of gas late. Sacramento got a big fourth quarter once again from De'Aaron Fox. Marvin Bagley's a drop. Uh, Rashawn Holmes had a slow game, but who cares? He was in some foul trouble. Celtics side, we were watching to see if they were going to go big, and they did. Tristan Thompson, 17-10. and 10. Tice, 11-4-4 and 4 with a block and two three-pointers. And the Time Lord, 9-8, and 8, two steals and a block in 19 minutes. That's way more than enough for him to get his stuff. Robert Williams, Daniel Tice, those guys both belong on fantasy teams right now while we wait to see... Well, Kemba will be back in the next one, but that shouldn't impact them that much. It's really more the Marcus Smart absence that's forcing Boston to go quite lord, uh, quite large with Time Lord. That's what happens when you try to combine two words at the same time. Uh, Time Lord is only 15% rostered. People see the low minutes and think it's not sustainable, but with this team being forced to go as big as they are these days, it uh, it really is. And so he's another guy that I think you could use. There is an issue of, you know, as Boston gets healthy, his minutes get a little bit harder to come by. So, you know, don't drop anybody with pure rest-of-season appeal. But uh, Time Lord could be a very interesting source of field goal percent, rebounds, and defensive stats in at least the short to medium term. Okay. I don't want to make... uh, no, No more waiting. We're going straight to Josh. I cherish these moments, and I think the listeners probably know that because I, I think I say something like this every time I get to talk to my good buddy, one of my oldest pals in the fantasy world, Josh Millman. What's up, buddy? Ballers! The pioneer of that noise, which has now kind of taken hold in the hoop ball ranks. Do you feel good about being the, like, you're, you, were, you did it before it was cool? I've always been a trendsetter. That's what most people don't realize. <laughs> no. I, I just brought my talent. I brought my talents to South Beach, a.k.a. the Hoob. The Hoob. I have never been a trendsetter. So what's it like? <laughs> what's it like? It's just me screaming, apparently. Yeah, that, that's, that's the way it goes. <laughs> How you been, man? How are your fantasy teams doing this year? I know you're buried under 900 pounds of work and child care. Thank you, COVID. Yes. They are. Yeah, it's just been. It's been a whole lot of fun as as we were talking, you know, just off before. Just if anyone has the opportunity to work on advertising campaigns, please do not. And, <laughs> uh, you know, but my fantasy teams are I don't know. They're they're mostly good. I would say I do have I think in our league, we, I got bit pretty hard by the uh, by the wave of covid that that hit teams like washington and memphis and stuff like that so i took a giant tumble in that league and but for the most part i'm doing really well except for you know just just one team and this is a you know already a perfect segue into what we want to talk about where i decided to draft like a fan instead of as a committed fantasy analyst wait please wait you need to elaborate on that this is this is the opposite of what we tell people to do so what what, did you just draft like all brooklyn nets no 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 it was i i i'm i'm saving my ire for one person so i'm so i'm on the pod and you know because 
I, I write the fantasy face palm, which is my odyssey in, in, in fantasy leagues and stuff like that. And I always just, it's my opportunity to kind of scream and yell in, into the, into the ether when it comes to players who disappoint me and a couple of last minute leagues came up uh, some analyst leagues, others, I think it was just a random cash league that Andre was putting together. And I said, you know what? I love Luka Doncic. I have to draft Luka Doncic because I know, I know, I know, I know that this is going to bite me. But I said, but maybe I do like, maybe I try to punt free throws which is not something I, I normally do. And I can just approach these in an unorthodox fashion and, but just, and enjoy the, the fruits of Luca. And those are easily my two worst teams. This yeah. Year. The, the fruits of Luca, which by the way, is a great name for your self-titled EP or not self-titled EP. <laughs> the fruits of Luca. Uh, 27, nine and nine on paper. You think that would be pretty good. He's actually out. He's a third rounder right now. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I, I look at him. Do you feel like that team has room to improve? Cause I like, I feel like Luca has been playing tired already this year. So I, I do think he gets a little better. Don't you? I would hope so. I, but I think he, it's, it's still, it, it's playing tired and it's showing in his percentages. Yeah. And, I, I think that they are asking him to do a little too much. He does need help. And again, Porzingis, you know, with they're going to be just extra cautious with him and, and rest him on, you know, back-to-backs and stuff like that. I just, I think for all of his prodigious talents, he's got to figure out a way to be a little bit more selective with his shots. And the free throw shooting is another thing altogether because that I've, I've always been of the mindset that like that free throws are practice repetition and mental. It's not as if you look at Lucas game. It's like, you can make a shot from anywhere. It's just, there's some something missing in the details that are preventing him from taking that leap because free throw shooting for a guy like Luca should be, I would think, somewhat secondary. But I I understand it for a guy like Rudy Gobert or even like a LeBron James who, you know, that was never his mo. But Luca, that's got if if he, you know, wants to fulfill some of the MVP talk that you know followed him around early in the preseason. It's those little things that he's going to have to improve on. He can't be a 30% free uh, three-point shooter. He can't be a a low 70s free-throw shooter. Not without covering other the defensive aspects of his game as well that like a guy like AD or Giannis has. So he's still got room to grow. Is this the right team? I don't know. But I was hoping that there would be another leap this year. It just hasn't quite been there yet. So talk to me. Well, first of all, uh, you can follow Josh on Twitter at Josh Millman, J-O-S-H-M-I-L-L-M-A-N. Talk to me a little bit about what the fantasy face palm is, because we've done this segment before, but it's been a while. It has been a while. So I, I as long as Brewski and Panda allow me the space, um, I write kind of a a kind of misfits adventure into managing your fantasy teams and all the joys and frustrations that come along with it. Um, You know, looking at 
things like what would you have done differently and looking at, Oh, like a draft look like this or a draft look like that. And, and throwing in random movie quotes in there too. And just having fun with the ups and downs of fantasy life and all of, and, and all of the fun that comes with it. I, I want it to be, it's my own personal venting session, but also a way for me to process my thoughts as I navigate these waters. So that's, give me that's give, fantasy give, facepalm in a nutshell. Give me a little preview. What do you got in the latest iteration of the fantasy facepalm? Besides, as I sort of scanned it in the few minutes I had before we were able to record this thing, I do notice there's some rock, paper, scissors in there. So we'll be doing that on the podcast here shortly. But what else you got floating around in that bad boy? I actually have a new little segment that I think this is good for us, Dan, and I think you'll appreciate it, is that I break my I break the face palm out into segments. And one of the ones that I just it was a thought exercise that I was doing was let's remember a fantasy guy. And there's always guys that we in the fantasy community community love that seem to never really get their due on the real court. And that was when I thought that, you know, when when COVID was kind of hitting Memphis and Jonas hasn't played in like weeks now, it seems um, that I thought we'd get Gorgie Jang back. And he's kind of been back this past week, but then the weeks prior he was not. And, and Tillman kind of came in and, and took that role a bit. So it made me think like, Oh, who are the guys that we loved in fantasy, but just for whatever reason, just kind of got buried or cast asunder. So I, I want to make that a trending thing. So it, this is going to be the test of my 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 trending abilities to see if we can get let's remember a fantasy guy trending on Twitter. So that, that's, that's another part of it. Is it is it Terrence Jones? No, it wasn't Terrence Jones. That's a good one though. Is it Josh Smith? No, it, it's a former net. Come on, buddy. Josh oh. Smith is legit though. Yeah, like, that's Josh true. Smith, he did have a good run. He had a good run. Yeah, he had a good long career. This guy's a former net. All right. Well, I don't. I actually don't want to guess it. I want people to have to. I want people to have to read the face palm to get it. Yes, read the face palm to get it. It's a former net. He was near and dear to my heart, and someone who is both directly and indirectly responsible for where this team is today. So the Luka Doncic stuff we talked about earlier that falls in a different header in the face palm, which is. And let me see if I'm reading this right. The Kawhi Leonard Memorial Player of the Week who has a personal vendetta against Josh Millman? Yes, that's correct. You, you, you read that accurately. This How does is that where, work? This is where I take fantasy personally, and this is where, you know, I believe... You're the best, man. I love this. <laughs> I, I believe that Luka Doncic is purposefully submarining his free throw shooting <laughs> to spite me. <laughs> that, that that's what this is. I mean, if you if you're playing fantasy, his play is a direct reflection on you as an owner. <laughs> you mean me in this scenario? So what so, can you do? What can you do about? Oh, this? I yell! I yell! That's what I do. I yell and I write and I write like I yell. So, <laughs> oh god, it, it tickles the hell out of me, man. I. So listen, here's what I got to do, because we're, we're going to talk fantasy here in just a second. Um, and this is fantasy stuff, but we're having a little bit of fun. If you guys have never read, and I'll try to make you blush here, but if, if you guys out there have never read anything that Josh Millman has put together for HoopBall, you have missed out on arguably the best writer that's come through HoopBall. There are very few people that I read 
where I look at their stuff and I say, I can actually see this person saying this to my face and it's brilliant. You are, Josh, you have this flair that you just can't teach to people. So please, everybody out there, you guys got to go read the Fantasy Face Palm. And now we're going to give you fantasy reasons to do it. So, Josh, can we play a, a game of rock, paper, scissors for old time's sake? Play rock, paper, scissors. Absolutely. And thank you, buddy. This is why I keep Dan around. This is why I pop up from time to time. Well, don't worry. I'm... I'll knock your ass down a peg somewhere. Yes. Mm. Okay. So what is rock, paper, scissors? Give, give, give folks a reminder of what we're doing here. Rock, paper, scissors. Caesar. Caesar. Yes. Thank you, South Park is a another segment within the face palm because you know i i like putting different names and twists on fantasy concepts uh that we have i don't like like you said i don't like sleepers and busts and stuff like that and i just don't want to use like generic terms so rock paper scissors is a game i made up with guys who you should hold guys who are on the cusp of being dropped and guys you should get rid of immediately. So the rocks are the good ones. The papers rocks are the reasonable ones. Flimsy. Flimsy, flimsy is. Flimsy. Is. And the Caesars, while perhaps the good thing in South Park is actually not the good thing here for, for this particular <laughs> game. Uh, so... who? And you don't even have to do one from your article if you don't want to, but as long as we're teasing it, who's a rock for you so far? DeLon Wright. Yeah, I love that one. I love that one. He's just he's I'm, so well-rounded. Ride or die. He, what was that one? That I, I think I cut you I'm off there. Ride or die, DeLon Wright. Like, it's just that the time is now. And it's been great so far. Yes. Even in his down games, he'll get you three, four steals or something wild like that. So where do you see him going the rest of this year? Are you at all worried about Killian Hayes coming back or anything denting his value? Or is this finally his time? No, I think it's his time. I think that Casey is kind of an old school guy and they they were together in Toronto. And I think that even if they were to give Hayes more run later in the season, which I think is, is realistic. Um, I, I would imagine that Wright's floor, even if they were to give Hayes more run would be 25, 30 minutes. And he can do a lot of damage in, in that time span. So I don't think that they're going to uh, give that up very quickly. And again, Casey's kind of like, Hey, I just want to keep trotting my vets out there kind of guy. Um, despite the five and 16 record, I think it is now. Um, so I, I, I'm in on him. I, 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 if, you know, I think people gave up on him, uh, you know, the, the Dallas experience left a bad taste in everyone's mouth, but you know, sometimes, and, and this was also part of the thought exercise on let's remember a fantasy guy, because he could have been discarded also, but now he's, he's played himself into a role. And I think he's going to have, I think at worst, like a, a top 75 uh, finish to the season. Yeah, a couple notes on DeLon Wright here. He did get off to a terrible start this year and was very nearly discarded again. Over the last month, he's actually only shooting 40% from the field and is still inside the top 70 over that month. On nine points, five boards, five assists, 2.2 combined defensive stats, a three ball and under one turnover per game. So I am inclined to agree with you here, Josh. Do you think he could go higher than top 75? Um, 
potentially i but i think there's go you we need to wait and see what happens with trade deadline and stuff like that because i think the pistons as currently constructed um are obviously in blow up mode guys like rose and what they do with blake griffin and 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 whatnot is and what they get back will ultimately end up dictating how much run he can get but even still top 75 you're not you're not dropping a guy like that no. so i i would be remiss to to well actually i would i would say that i would hedge it about top 50 but top 75 seems reasonable all right give me a paper emmanuel quickly okay yeah i do want to talk about this guy i'm glad that's the one you picked off of your list because you know how long is it until uh tom thibodeau just gives him the starting job not that it's changing that much right now because his minutes are trending up and Peyton who just has never really materialized and maybe that'll he'll be the forgotten fantasy guy uh (laughs) getting the starting job still is a big deal because then you have first crack at the minutes so how long do we think it is until that happens and what are some things in his fantasy game that are either good or even can hold him back so let's dive a little deeper on on Emmanuel quickly yeah. Um, the things that, like you said, the, we know that Tibbs, once you're anointed a starter, you are in. And he's going to play you until you drop. And so I think we're getting there. But I think that the problem is, is that uh, Tibbs is still going to want to say to his guys, look, I, I, I know that this isn't the most talented team I've ever had, but we're only a few games out of an expanded playoffs. So we're going to do what we can to try to get there. And if that means, you know, relying on Austin Rivers or, you know, Alec Burks, you know, like it's, it's a more crowded backcourt than meets the eye. And the kid, he looks so good. I mean, there's no question about it. But then you look and he's shooting 40% from the field. And it doesn't look like there's a whole lot of defense right now. And that's a work in progress. But there are other things in his game that obviously the scoring, the three-pointers, and the free throw shooting is elite, clearly. So I, I there are things to say, like even still, even if he doesn't get anointed, and the minutes start to yo-yo, he's worth a hold. But, you know, it, it's he also could get buried, lose confidence. I just think with Tibbs, there are a lot of variables on this team that, you know, you may need to pivot pretty quickly if all of a sudden this, this burst of his doesn't sustain. So for a guy in your paper section, like Quickly is right now, is he someone you're stashing at the end of your bench or is he someone you're watching? How are you treating someone with that kind of upside but running into those Tibbs-shaped roadblocks? It's it's kind of he's a guy that if he's on your team, hang on to him, see what he can do, but at the first sign of trouble, he's the first guy you get rid of if you believe that there's a hot free agent that can come in and help you. So you're a little bit less enthusiastic about quickly getting the job soon. It sounds like you think it'll be a little bit yet. I'm, I'm a, I'm a little less enthusiastic because again, I just think Thibodeau's track record will 
is a little anti-rookie, I guess, and I think he'll probably focus more on the vets in, in a playoff type of run. Um, but again, it, it's kind of a hedge. I, how do you deny the talent? So yeah, it's can. just, to me, it can go either way. Yeah, I mean, in Tibbs' defense, uh, quickly does have issues on the defensive end. Those uh, You can see those in watching the game. Teams do score on him uh, pretty easily, but damn, that his floater game is crazy. Have you watched it's this? It's, it's wild. Yeah, it's great. He's, he's, I really like watching him. I'm not a Knicks fan at all, but I do really like watching the kid. I'm trying to think of a player who had a floater game, anything like what we're seeing from quickly. And I'm struggling to think of it. Maybe like a Tony Parker, but he was generally closer to the rim with his stuff. I like that. Yeah, he would get a little closer to the rim. I don't know who. Yeah, that that's going to be a good question. I don't know who that is. I, I do like the Parker comparison. I, I know that, I mean, it, this is a stretch, obviously, but I know Kyrie has a little bit of that in his game. D'Angelo Russell even had, had that in his game too. Um those are the two guys coming off the top of my head. Yeah, I love it. It's really neat because no one can stop it. All right. Yeah. This is this is the fun one because it's fun to say it. Caesar. 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 Caesar us, Josh. Who is who's your cut? Well, this one at this point it should be obvious because I, I wrote this before the injury happened, but Aaron Gordon. So you're one cutting of our him outright. Guys about. You're cutting him outright outright done had enough yeah i'm kind of with you on that and i actually had i had hope for aaron gordon this year because he looked really good after you, the all-star you, break you, you were the one who talked me off the ledge i blame you yeah i i take the blame i was i was hopeful because he looked great after the all-star break last year and it's just gone although although uh point gordon did still happen the assists still went up for him but his field goal percent and his free throw percent were actually even worse than usual. I don't, I don't know, man. They got he needs to be out of Orlando. They need to blow that whole thing up. I might, I actually have hope for Aaron Gordon because I think maybe somebody takes a chance on him and just sort of gives him a fresh leash on life. I think that ha- that's what has to happen. I just don't. And and the funny thing is, I'm looking. He's still 25 years old. Yeah, so nuts, right? You put him in the right environment, and you see what happens with like a guy like Andrew Wiggins. You put him on the right team. They don't need to be these volume shooters or try to do things that they aren't comfortable doing. And then you put them in the right situation with the right teammates. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, okay, like little less usage, but usage in the right way. And then they become, uh, you know, a far more relevant fantasy guys in, in that matter. I think Gordon fits that bill. He needs to get out of Orlando and and find a team that – you know, like just won't, I, I guess he has, I almost has too much freedom right now and he needs to be reined in. I totally agree. Um, I do think that there's still some upside there because of the weird assist thing happening. Hey, can we talk about someone that's not on your list while we're talking about random power forwards getting a ton of assists and you know exactly who I'm going to talk about? Oh, I know who you're going to talk about. I've got this a, is an old man special, isn't it? Yeah, this is an old man special. I've got a case of the thatitude growing within me, and, and I don't know what I don't know what to do about it. Because what what happened? Have you ever seen anything like this, where someone who like an entire career? What is it? What is his career assist mark? Like one and a half or two? I don't know. I got yeah. This is wild. I I don't know what's happened. Billy Donovan is is just magical. He's a sorcerer. I, yes. The the attitude I knew like the funny thing was was that like of all 
of all people that like who are we gonna end up talking about? I was like, my God, if if we make it through a pod without talking about Thaddeus Young, slipped it in like, here. <laughs> I know, I know. Like, how do we not the two of us? My God, I, it, it, this is great. Yeah, this is I, I love it. This is nuts. Um, he's never. Yeah, right. By the way, I, I looked it up while we were talking. He's never had a season where he's averaged more than three assists per game. He's at four and a half this year, and over the last two weeks, he's at six. I don't know what's happening right now. I don't know what's happening either. It's phenomenal. I don't. I don't know. I actually. I think the, uh, I, the Knicks are playing the Bulls tonight. I, I may need to just keep a closer eye on that game. But like, hey, right again, ride it out, and just because that they have so many scores on this team, you know, Levine and, and Kobe White, and not and no one real to, no real facilitator on this team. Then sure, why not give the vet an opportunity to kind of set his teammates up? So I, I'm totally fine with it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. They're actually they're getting him the ball in kind of a mid post and just running guys off of him everywhere. Yeah. And if they and if you know if they try to play him one on one, he does his weird little lefty goofball stuff and scores. Yeah, and it, it's really the Joker trend in all of this. It, it is, was, yeah. It, it was Jokic who started it, and and guys like Sabonis and Bam Adebayo who kind of you know taking that on their respective teams as well and sure and and so why not have a guy like that deploy this on 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 chicago as well so i I dig it i dig it as well uh josh i know you got to run i wanted to try to get everything in and see if i could keep us mostly on point but before we go um i I just i wanted to make sure i had time to to kind of give you a proper hello so in the vein of uncle leo Hello, Josh. Hello, Dan. Hi. Uh, miss you, buddy. Can we do this again? I don't know when you got your next thing happening, but can we do it maybe when you don't have a thing happening? It, it, it may be a while, but I promise you, I, I, you, will, you will hear from me again soon, good sir. He is the great Josh Millman, one of my best buddies in the fantasy world, and we will get him out of his hole as often as we can until the universe goes back to some semblance of normal. Josh, thank you once again, my man. Thank you, buddy. Take care, hoop ballers. The great Josh Millman, ladies and gentlemen, at Josh Millman on Twitter. Love that dude. Folks, take a moment here to check out our buddies at mybookie.ag and manscaped.com, two partners of Fantasy NBA Today and Hoopball. Go to mybookie.ag. You can follow us with our betting picks over at Hoopball by joining the Wager Pass for just a $9.99 a month, that's $0.33 cents a day, and you get picks and analysis from seven different handicappers right now, myself included. Had a good day yesterday, actually. That's kind of a fun one. Very proud of the disgusting card I rolled out that ended up as a winner. The Knicks, that was our nice one. We got the Thunder. We got the Timberwolves that covered. Thunder won it outright. That one was a little bit surprising. Did not have the stones to uh, to take them on the money line. Uh, ended up going three and two and gaining about uh, just under two units yesterday. So that was uh, that was swell. So check out the wager pass. Go to hoop-ball.com. Click on the premium tab and choose wager pass. And then you can buy it right there. And then navigate on over to mybookie.ag. Open up an account with promo code hoopball. H o o p b a l l. Drop in your initial deposit with Bitcoin. You can go as low as $20 on your first deposit. With credit card, I think it's 40 or 45 You guys can check me on that. And then holler at me on Twitter, at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S, and say, Dan, 
Open up an account at my bookie with the promo code. What you got for me? And a few of you guys hit me up earlier this week already. What I got for you is a sweet prize that's going to make it a lot easier for you to place that first bet over at my bookie. Tell you that right now. So hit me up, mybookie.ag, promo code hoopball. Make your first deposit and then let me know you did so. Don't have Twitter? Feel free to email teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com with the subject line, my bookie promo. And I'll catch that sucker. And while we're talking about that email address, this is, of course, Team Pod Recruiting Week on Fantasy NBA Today. If you've got what it takes, which right now is significant passion, that you want to make a team podcast to cover a team, this is not a betting thing, this is not a fantasy team, this is real. You got a team that you follow religiously, and you don't hate the sound of your own voice, and you want to make the best damn podcast that ever came out about that team, you hit me up right now, at Dan Vespers on Twitter or Team Hoopball at hoop-ball.com. A few of you have reached out this week already. I'm in talks with a handful of you. This is not a quick overnight thing. You know, you're not going to launch a podcast in two days and then have the best podcast in the world in a week. This is a thing that could take months or years, but if you climb to the top of that hill, you'll have fame. You'll be in, in, in with that team's media. You might get credentialed. You might be a thing, man, but you got to want to be the best. And if you want to be the best and you want to start a team podcast, hit me up. I already told you how. Team Hoopball at hoop-ball.com or, or Twitter at Dan Bespris. Let me know. It's a lot of fun. I, you know, I did one on the Lakers for a little bit a few years back. I don't know if you guys remember that. Uh, with some of my buddies from high school, it was a blast. An absolute blast covering the team three, four shows a week. It's easy. There's so much content. I do this show five days a week. I could do a team podcast uh, one for every ball game easily. No problem. And that's what you guys want to need to be able to do. All right, that's the recruiting pitch. Let's zip through Thursday real fast because we got kind of a long show going here between uh, guests and everything else. Uh, Utah is in Atlanta. Utah now favored by eight and a half. That's a line that has been on the move with Trey Young. He was questionable when I started recording the podcast. Now I wonder if he's been ruled out in that ball game. Um, no, nothing, nothing since we started here. Trey Young questionable. So the fact that that line's gone to eight and a half makes me think that he's possibly sitting this ball game out. If Trey is out, I don't know how you bet either side in that ball game because the Hawks, what the hell they would do? Jazz, Jazz are significantly overvalued at the moment. Uh, but with a key piece out, then the whole thing sort of. Uh, disappears with Atlanta. Then you, you know you look at like a Rajon Rondo and a fill-in gig, but that would be very much a a short-term thing. Utah, there's sort of nothing there. Boyan Bogdanovich starting to play better, but that's it. Golden State in Dallas. Uh, currently, that is a Mavs by three spread. Total two twenty-eight and a half. By the way, total in that first game we talked about was two twenty-five and a half. Uh, Warriors off a loss to the Celtics. Dallas finally snapping their losing streak in Atlanta. I generally like to back a team off a long losing streak because generally that means they're also a bit undervalued. But this one feels like a pretty good line to me. I think the Warriors have been playing well. Golden State better at home than they are on the road in general. Dallas actually better on the road than they are at home. So I don't know which of those things actually takes shape in this one. 
and you probably have a relatively tight ball game. Neither team is great enough on either side of the ball to kind of pull away from the other unless you just catch them on the wrong night. Fantasy-wise, I'm watching Maxi Kleba for sure on the Dallas side, see if he can really carve himself out a more permanent role on that team, but that's really about it. You can keep one eye on Josh Richardson as well. Portland is in Philadelphia. The uh, Blazers just trying to stay above water at this point, and they did get a win in Washington, so that was something for them. Uh, They've got the Sixers, and they finish up their long road trip with the Knicks on Saturday. I don't know, man. I, I think Joel Embiid may sit this ball game, if only because the Blazers are not very good, and I don't know that they need to play him necessarily in a back-to-back. This game scares the bejesus out of me from a fantasy side, from a uh, or from a, a betting side. From a fantasy side, we kind of have an idea of what's going on. Nothing big to watch in that one, just kind of the streamers for Portland, and that's about it. Houston in Memphis, Oladipo resting this half of the back-to-back. John Wall is back for this half of the back-to-back. They are uh, three-point underdogs to the Grizzlies right now who I just can't figure out to save my life. But from a fantasy standpoint, you're watching everybody on Memphis, DeAnthony Melton being probably the premier name to watch on the Memphis side. He's been more than good enough to be rostered and started these days, especially with Grayson Allen out. And on the Rockets side, uh, you know, Oladipo missing, so that does cloud whatever data we pull out of this ballgame. But I am curious to see if Daniel House can carve himself out a role with that team as well. And finally... This is the big TNT late game. Denver is in Los Angeles. The Nuggets catching five. That's not many, actually, from the Lakers. That line opened at six and has been moving down. The uh, total is 216. It's a very low number. They're expecting this game to be something of a grinded-out, beat-em-up type of basketball game, reminiscent of the Western Conference Finals last year, when actually it wasn't that fast of a game, but neither team really figured out how to stop the other one. So it was a slow pace, but they shot a great percentage. Just great half-court offenses that no one really knew how to do anything about. I wonder if the uh, Nuggets will go into their kind of same pack-the-paint early defense and force the Lakers to figure it out. Lakers do have some more options, at least from a floor spacing standpoint now. Uh, But no Dwight Howard was one of the keys for L.A. in not necessarily slowing Jokic down, but at least kind of getting under his skin a little bit. Picked up a few fouls on him, things of that nature. Lakers are not as big this year, despite Marc Gasol being around. Uh, how many how many fouls do you think Marc Gasol picks up in this game, and how fast? Maybe that's the prop bet you should be looking at. Fantasy-wise, uh, Jermichael Green is the guy on the Denver side. I'm, I'm continuing to keep one eye on, and that's really it for this ballgame. Folks, as always, if you've been enjoying the podcast, please do drop a five-star review on it. Subscribe to it, whatever you might be doing. And I hope you guys got to enjoy our new uh, feature at HoopBall, which was the pregame What to Watch for live YouTube show. Alan Soroki uh, hosted the one yesterday. Adam King will be hosting one tomorrow, Friday, tomorrow. And then I will do one over the weekend. We're going to try this out. If you guys like it, we'll keep it going. If not, we don't have to. Uh, Hope is that people enjoy it, and uh, you guys can help us keep spreading the word on that. So just to recap here, uh, check out the face palm from our buddy Josh Millman. Rate and review the podcast. Drop that five-star on. Subscribe to the show. Check out mybookie.ag, manscaped.com. The promo code there is hoopball20. And, of course, most importantly, if you want to cover a team for real, 
like a boss, like a big dog, hit me up on Twitter at Dan Vespers or email teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Thursday done. Tomorrow, Friday, we'll have our weekend review and we'll chat with the great Aaron Bruski, one of the best who has ever done it in this field. Have a great night, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow. So long. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.